Hey everyone, this is Amy Steele, also known as Ginny, from Friday the 13th, part two. And when I'm not studying up on child psychology, I'm listening to the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that reveres anyone that can wear, not rock, a mustache. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, the deja vu deepens as we delve into the scary side of mania and mannequins as we analyze 2012's Maniac. And nothing is going to stop you from listening into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your scalp hole. And if you're out on social media, you can uh, find us out on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. <coughs> and of course, it is on the Book of Face where we have a little event tab, which again leads to shenanigans. And cyber shenanigans. And this episode is releasing on Friday, July 24th. Before we get into the shenanigans that are happening indoors, outdoors, and virtually, Mm -hmm. we had an experience that can only happen indoors with a theater in a nice socially distanced Mm -hmm. and safe theater. Oh, yeah. But this weekend, we had a chance to screen a number of films, number one. It was almost like a squiddly diddly triple feature. We, we, yeah, well, on brand for us, ultimately, right? right? <laughs> uh, but we had a chance to host a screening of Mandy, <laughs> which, if you go back to our back catalog, strangely enough, someone it's, should be speaking of deja vu, uh, go back to that particular episode because, you know, obviously, we love the film. Yeah. We go out of our way when we can to host it. Oh, yeah. I know that was a film club. Oh, whenever we film. get a chance to show Mandy, we're going to show Mandy. It's great. And we tell people, bring your sandwiches and your mac and cheese, and you're good. And it's a movie that is beyond crazy. If you've never seen it, stop what you're doing. Watch the film. And it's crazy, like, even for us. It's, now, it's that wild. Now, we often talk about uh, the the normie. And for the normie, that is the majority of people out there in society. Yeah. That's not silly with the horror. Not at all. Not at all. And we always talk about how how weird it would be if a normie came off the street. Just walked in. Like, what's the society movie playing? Or, exactly. or something like that. Sleepaway Camp? Isn't that the one with Jodie Foster? You know, something like that. No. So we had this Mandy screening. And let, let me, let's paint a picture here real quick because I've been lucky enough to help program um, a lot of the pre-show and the trailers that are running with a lot of the repertory screenings. And you've been doing a killer fucking job, Thanks, by the man. way. They've, they've, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun because ideally I'm hoping to enhance the screening and to make it a little bit more enjoyable mm-hmm. to, to let it be something that you're not getting at home. Oh, yeah. More than anything, to encourage you to come out. Oh, absolutely. But we put together a little something for Mandy and I started with a clip of Nicolas Cage in his early days on this British talk show when he jumps out and he does this front flip. Yep. 
with these accompanying karate kicks. Like he's tiny Elvis. Like, oh man, look at this side, it's huge. That crowd's huge, man. Man. And then he starts, he breaks out these dollar bills. Starts throwing them at people like he's Larry fucking Flint. Finally ends with a final karate kick before settling down. He's like when I'm excited without the dollar bills. You know what I'm saying? Because you know when I get excited, I'm like really excited. Like, yeah. We, we all have an inner, inner, inner Nick Cage yeah. that wants to come out. Of, that's raging the Rage cage. Raging the cage, exactly. But then it transitioned into a 10-minute short <laughs> that had probably a 10-minute lifespan of popularity at one point. I'm one about a lot of cooks. Yes, it was. we, we, we did Adult Swim's Too Many Cooks. And <laughs> too many cooks, too many cooks. Too late. It's already in your head. It's yeah, already it in your head. Now, we had the luck and the fortune of sitting in and watching and listening to people respond to this. And if you're not familiar with Too Many Cooks, stop what you're doing, go to YouTube, Get prepared to lose 10 minutes of your life and gain something wonderful. And let me just say this. Much like with One Cut of the Dead, keep watching. Yeah. With too many cooks. Because what happens, what unfolds is pure... Nightmarish. Nightmarish. Well, we wanted to put something that was very WTF. If 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 David Cronenberg made Full House. And and also the fact that the guys that did the Cheddar Goblin also worked on that. There was, there was a reason for yeah. it. So we came out, we introduced it, we said, how many people are watching this for the first time? And a lot of people raised their hands. A lot of A lot people. of people raised their hands. And so we're like, okay, well, here's what to expect. You're going to see Cenobikers, you're going to see Cheddar Goblin, you're going to see Ray LSD Rage Cage. And we gave a little context and everything. Right. We talked about our experience of watching in the theater, you, how grand if, it is. If you've seen us in person, you know what it is. If you haven't... Go to YouTube and see some of the things. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But the movie plays, and it plays wonderfully. Mm -hmm. Crowd ate it up. Now, we're afterwards, again, mask on at Screenland. Again, very, very cautious of everything that's going on there. But you can still engage in conversation, right. which is where we want you to engage in conversation. Oh, yeah. Especially when we show movies like this. And if we, if you, I don't know about Greg, but I'm going to say this. If you see us in, in out Thank in the you. hallway... And I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you, what would you think of the movie? If I recognize you from the screening. Because I want to know. I want to know. Um, so, genius, but you did. So, tell us what happened here. First of all, one comment I heard from the backer after, after they left was, it was everything I wanted in a Nick Cage movie that I never knew I did. Very and nice. so that's I was like, okay, cool. That's glowing endorsement. very fair. And so I'm talking to this elderly man. At the, I don't know if he, yeah, he's elderly. He's elderly. And so I'm talking to him like, hey, so what'd you think of the movie? And he goes, well, it wasn't what I expected. And I go, no, I don't think it was anything anybody expected. But tell me. And he goes, well, he goes, honestly, when I came to buy my ticket, I looked up at Fandango and it said like 1958 Doris Day movie called Mandy. And I'm like, holy shit, that is not Quesarasara. Whatever will be might not be with this movie. And so I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, no, I had a great time. He goes, I had no clue what I was expecting. I was going in for a Doris Day movie and I got this. And he goes... It was a wonderful experience. It was a really good movie. And he just went on on how he liked the movie so much because it was like nothing he's ever seen before. And so I was like, wow, to to have your mind blown with Mandy. <laughs> I mean, I can understand going in and expecting a Barry Manilow song, but like Doris Day. <laughs> 
Context is everything, and we try to provide that, so I can only imagine what was going through that poor guy's head with the pre-show, with the trailers, and then the trailer reel. Well, in fairness, if you think about it, the Too Many Cooks could be a play on the old sitcom, so that could go to the Doris Day thing. Wow, that's really stretching. That's, that's really, really stretching, stretching. But, at that's the getting... same <laughs> but at the same time, I didn't feel bad. I felt, like, elated and overjoyed because this guy, like... Found a new favorite movie, and it's Mandy, of all things. So we literally had that moment of a normie coming in, going, well, this Mandy thing, well, it's just, it's an old, a wholesome, old-fashioned film. Two, two, because there was another lady back there. Another one genius? Like, yeah, not, like, unrelated. Like, we just came to come see a movie, and it was Mandy. And I'm like, well, what'd you think? And she goes, well, it was interesting. And I go, that's very putting it very well that's very nice but like interesting good i even asked her interesting good or interesting bad because interesting was the word my mom had at death sember at panic <laughs> fest and we know how that went so i was like interesting good or interesting bad and she's like stood she looked at me she looked up she thought about it she looked back at me and she goes interesting good she goes i thought I, I thought it was weird but i liked it and i'm like the power of mandy the children of the new dawn have spoken again I, that was the cherry on top that is what we call the cherry on top i like that we're having this like cool socially distanced communal experience over mandy over mandy and if that sounds like something that might interest you then go over to screenland.com because again they have your genre needs met either indoors or outdoors and speaking of indoor screenings we are going to be unleashing this very Friday, when you're listening, mm -hmm. our third fright in our Friday night film series, and we're going from 1996 to 1982, uh -huh. and we're going from a rated R film to rated PG-13 movie. PG. PG, without the 13. This was before the advent of the PG-13. But a scary fucking film. Oh, scary has one of my favorite all-time families, the Freaky Freelings. It has some of my all-time favorite combination of uh, digital and practical effects. And it has James Karen being berated by Coach. Yep. And we're going to find out a new Legend of Zelda of Rubenstein. Oh, trust me. You're going to want to stick around for the trailers. No, we are looking and going to be watching the Tobey Hooper classic, Poltergeist. There it knows what scares you, genius. Ah, and love if, it. And if that is not up your alley, well, oh my goodness, trust me. If you like sci-fi horror, if you like sci-fi action, if you want to see John Boyega, where he got his start. Pre-Finn. Yes, pre-Finn. Come check out Attack the Block. Mm -hmm. If you're a fan of Edgar Wright's films. You'll like this movie. If this, you like alien invasion movies, you'll like this movie. This is a film you need to see. You need to write, put it off of your... I need to see this on the big screen. I have yet to see it on the big screen. Yeah, I need too. to see it. It's going to be fantastic. A film that I know our guest here recently had a first time a chance to see and one that made me feel so old, but let's see how it makes you feel. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I want to hear what you guys say because I think you guys are on different sides of the spectrum, on the different sides of the coin on that one. I, I, I maybe need to rewatch it again, give it a chance, but man, it just made me, I needed to have the music turned down and get everyone off my yard. It was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> and speaking of getting off our yard, those are indoor screenings, outdoor, and we've had some fantastic ones here lately, but that's uh, the weekend of the 24th. We're going to be looking at a film that I have not seen in a theater or up on the big screen since I saw it back in 1992. I uh, had a chance to talk about it on the I've Seen That Challenge over on Patreon because mm -hmm. it was featured heavily in the movie Porno. But come, don't see, come, don't come for the porno. Come for A League of Their Own. Ah, you never seen A League of Their Own? 
not on the big screen. Oh, I saw it in the theater. Uh, I know. See, wonderful. I have not. Yeah, no. I and I need to because it it is wonderful. Oh, hey, can we announce next Friday's um, Friday Night Fright? Why? Why not? Because that's the beauty. of What we like to do is we give you three vintage trailers to get you in the mood for the fright of the evening, and then of course the an extra trailer to let you know what then next week's fright will be. Mm-hmm. Are you Are you anxious, genius? Because right. it does it itch a particular scratch that you have. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm so ready for it. We're gonna ask you. Hey, want a balloon? But the new one. Oh, I can't wait. For- and the first chapter. Yeah, no, it's not going to be a double feature. We're starting at 945. We're already getting out late on this As one. It We're is, not absolutely. doing all of them. But God damn, I can't wait to see it. Chapter one. I thoroughly enjoyed this remake. Perfect for our remake month. This is... This is going to be a fun one. We're going to clown around, and it's going to be awesome. Well, speaking of clowning around, the second film that's going to be uh, finishing out the outdoor screenings is going to be another personal favorite of yours, mm-hmm. Little Shop of Horrors. You'll be a dent, look like Betty Crocker, cook like Donna Reed. I'm not sure if they're going to be encouraging sing-along, but it is outdoors. Who knows? But head over to Screenland. Uh, screenland.com to check that out and Screenland online for some virtual screenings including what will be our next Shutter Shoutout double feature mm-hmm. be uh, premiering on August 1st uh-huh. and I know you at this point know the theme but we don't know the movies yes what do you want to lay it out just in case and you know what it, it might change who knows it might change but I'm looking at ghosts I'm ready for a little bit of hauntings I, I'm kind of down with some supernatural shenanigans and you'll be able to watch along with us for free but if you want some extras, including a customized intro, uh, pre-show, and trailer reel for each film, all you need to do is join the Screenland film family, and you can mm-hmm. do that over at patreon.com slash screenland. And speaking of said film family and Patreon... While you're on Patreon, become a pally. And we do our into our third month of exclusive Patreon content. We've got everything from commentaries, review of new horror films like Swallow, Invisible Man, mm-hmm. a number of lovely little things. And one of the little perks we like to give are... Sh- uh, shout outs oh, or I was going to have you go up Patreon Pally oh, right, your own pa- I was like what are we going to give away Patreon Pallies I can't do the Bronson the way you do the Bronson and if we're doing Bronson because of our next guest it's we need- the jacking off well I was going to say we need to do it properly just because he is a man of action <laughs> Listen, wrong, kind of, wrong kind of action with that Bronson quote <laughs> well I've often said ladies that- and gentlemen our guest Harry Reams oh no, no. <laughs> I forgot you know the context the cameo in Mandy <laughs> That's the context we should have given that we have a fight scene choreographed to cocaine and, and 70s and porn. Harry Reams. <laughs> and that, that that poor couple, that was their first time viewing not knowing what they were ex- Oh my god. <laughs> Welcome to Death by Bunker. You are not kidding. But an individual that was there my that I was there for his first time viewing this and listen, like I said, anyone that supports the podcast by becoming a member of our film family is beyond cool with us mm-hmm. and a lot of those folks are folks that i know and a lot of those folks are folks that i call friends but it's rare to have someone that is beyond a friend someone that has gone above and beyond for you beyond a piddly little podcast and i'm talking real life stuff someone that has propped you propped me up has propped you up has been in my life for a short time, but in your life for a very long time. Right. But even in the short time that this individual has been in my life, it's it's been good. And I remember even the first time I met this individual, I was intimidated. I was like, oh, my God, who is this? <laughs> this is, I, like, I felt I immediately I wanted to like give him my lunch money. I just. Where just, you going, nerd? <laughs> oh, oh, just had this weird PTSD. But then 
I started talking to him and got to know him. And I'm like, wow, this, 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 this big old hulking individual is actually a big old nerd himself. And wow, he's actually, he know man, he knows a lot about eighties action, like puts me to shame. And there for a while, eighties action was my bag, baby. And the, you know, the conversations continued, the friendships continued. And when we put together the podcast, the last, especially with Patreon, the last thing I anticipated was you doing it because of everything else you've done for genius and myself, the horror community, the genre community, Screenland, all of those things, man. Shit you can't see backstage shenanigans. Oh, no, not those kind of backstage shenanigans. You know, but. Again, being you know the the tech guy at the live shows, all of those things. It goes a long way of saying thank you, Dustin Pryor, for being a Patreon pally, a friend, and just so much more, man. Like genuinely. And now, normally these shoutouts. You would go, oh, that's really nice. But this is the very, very rare shout out where. Fuck that dude. We, <laughs> he's not rad. <laughs> no, he's fucking rad. He's beyond a belly. I'm sitting right here. You know that, right? <laughs> now, I'm not saying there's an extra perk that says when we're waxing your car that you can respond like that. Because <laughs> this is the first time for everything. But we're trying to be um, socially distanced and responsible, of course, and having you on. But thank you sincerely, man. And we're going to introduce you properly. We'll get to that, but again, it was such a nice little shock and a surprise because, again, of all the things that you do, I was not expecting that, so thank you. Man, and this is something I've told you guys, I think, kind of inferred for quite a while, but if you cannot support your friends, then can you really call them friends? You know what I mean? If you can't support them through, you know, like piddly monetary donations through Patreon, patreon.com slash nightmare junket oh i'll get there don't worry but you it's know the if, script. if you can't do things like that then why do you even call them friends you know well but i mean yeah but i mean you do so much more for it. i mean but like, i thought i thought greg was actually about to introduce me as jesus because he said and genius has known him for a long time welcome jesus cristo me and jesus are tight <laughs> I, got, do, I, do have, homes? I do have some water here if you can turn it into wine my friend that'll be all right <laughs> i'll turn it into boone i was gonna say he turns it into four loco <laughs> <laughs> Boone's <No>. wine. <laughs> well, while we're here, obviously, if anyone has ever listened to the show, this one, Nerds of Nostalgia, knows that you are beyond a friend of the podcast. You're beyond an acquaintance. You're beyond a friend. Like I said, you're legit family. And that also is legit for anyone that is doing this through Patreon. And if you would like us to wax your car, to give you a shout out to a, if you have a podcast like the Media Rewind podcast or anything along those lines, head over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. And again, we have everything from a squiddly diddly to another time. Another place. Oh, that is a long way of getting an introduction here proper. Uh, you are a co-host of the Media Rewind podcast. Yes. Oh, it's strange because I could throw that question to either of you, but it was genius that that answered. But no, obviously, not obviously, because again, every episode is someone's first time episode. So if we have someone here that was listening to our show for the first time, give us a little background of Media Rewind, where it came from, and what it's doing right now. Okay, so Media Rewind was actually the brainchild of something that Jay and I had kicked around for a while. And it was really you guys doing Nerds and Nostalgia that really prompted me to even want to do it. Because like you guys have always said, you know, audience of one, audience of none, you know, we're still going to talk about it. And Genius and I have talked about everything under the sun from television shows to action movies that we really loved, comic books, you know, just goofy stuff for decades. Mm-hmm. And we, we had the idea one time after you guys had done Nerds and Nostalgia for about a year. I was just like, 
why don't we start recording this stupid yeah, why shit that we talk we about? Why recorded yeah. this dumb shit, you know? So it kind of launched into, uh, at the time, Boom Howdy was looking for a uh, podcast it. that they were going to put on their programming. So when we contacted Tim Canton, uh, he said, let's go ahead and throw it on Boom Howdy. And we started covering AMC's Into the Badlands, AMC's The Walking Dead, which we still cover. Uh, Game of Thrones, and you know now we're kind of launching into a different different realm. We did the purge, and now I mean, when now when like since COVID happened, there's no more Walking Dead. I mean, there is, but when it comes, it's back, just been delayed. Yeah. yeah, it's on a little bit of hiatus. But so we decided to do something a little bit different. And again, we took a page out of uh, Nightmare Junkhead's book. Um, like let's. If we oh, do, and literally, we stole the page. The page, the bracket. Because like, I, I, re- I remember cross out, you, cross out the, the nightmare logo and like media rewind. If I was better with Photoshop, you'd probably still see it. <laughs> but when Genius and I kind of ha- hashed out this idea, I was just like, you know, I want to do something like you know Greg D and and you have done on Nightmare Junkhead because every year you guys do into the mouth of March Madness. Well, we thought of it, it'd be cool to like do something with the stuff that it's, it's in our wheelhouse, you know? So we decided, let's like pit some of these action stars against one another, all these action characters that we know. So, mm-hmm. And that was the fun part, but it was a long process because I think each of us had a list of like 78 motherfuckers and we had to whittle it down to 32 between the two of us. Just so. for the first year. Right. <laughs> so keep your and, list. We might use it next year. Yeah, there we go. And listen, I'm a fan of the show and you already left off a number of people where I'm walking Lola and screaming your names going, are you kidding? How did you leave off? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I'll, although alternatively, there are definitely some in there that I'm like, okay, I need to go and rewatch that and see how, you know, how awesome they are. Now, if anyone wants to play along or listen, where are we going to be able to access that? You can find us on Facebook at Media Rewind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the page. You can find L Genius, L underscore Genius, or Mount underscore Baldly on, on Twitter. The page is Media Rewind Pod on Twitter, and that's where we've been posting like the little polls and everything of you know where you think and who, who should fall and who should you know, advance kind of deal. And then you can always go to Boom Howdy. Of boom, course. Boom Howdy. And I'm curious to see how people are showing their work, especially in something in You'd an be interested to see oriented. how we showed our work. <laughs> yeah, because this oh, is our yeah. first year doing it, so we're trying to like we're trying to figure out how... We the... know nothing about those exactly, first year issues. Exactly. So, like, fortunately... Learn, learn from our mistakes. mistakes right? I, uh, apparently, I just need to learn pronunciation of names, because uh, on one of the episodes, Genius corrects me about 67 times, and the episode was only 30 minutes long. And it's... And and it's over Henry Cavill. I know that's, that's what got Cavill. me. <laughs> well, and listen, if people if people appreciate genius, I think our little shtick in chemistry, and if people appreciate that, that's nothing compared to the shtick in chemistry of almost what thirty years of friendship at this point. Mm, more than thirty, actually. yeah, I think. Okay, so. exactly, exactly. So check that out. And listen, there's a reason why not only Dustin was a our little Patreon pally. And there's a very similar reason that he is here for this particular episode. He's my ride. <laughs> but Thanks I, for the ride, genius. <laughs> you missed that commentary. Uh, but I'm glad you mentioned Into the Mouth of March Madness because the, the remake that we're talking about, we already touched upon mm-hmm. because it was in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament yeah. in the year of 1980. Mm-hmm. And that was a nice scene, that one. And this one was, uh, I've seen that one. So that's kind of cool. It it's, is. Well, it's well. so far at this point, we have talked three different remakes, Genius. And I think for the we can sit, maybe even debate, but we've talked two films that have tread sacred grounds. Absolutely. Night of the Living Dead. Uh-huh, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And the original Fly, probably a little bit more camp right. than anything else. 
We now go to another one that is still fairly fresh, at least for me. But I granted, 1980, it's a long time ago, technically. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a sacred cow. Is it? Is it? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put it on the same sacred cow league as Night of the Living Dead, Texas Chainsaw, or even Halloween. The next level down, maybe, but not within the first obvious ones. Right. I mean, sl- this is like maybe a slasher or a gore. And there's a reason probably that it took you a while to get it, because I can understand Dustin not having seen this film ever. But for you, Genius McGee, it just never hit my radar. I'm like, OK, I don't see what all the fuss is. I And I could BS like, oh, I know Tom Savini. I've seen the kills and, you know, all that good stuff. I knew of it. I could. But watching it, it was a very great experience. And that's what's what I've grown to really appreciate the film with, because when we watched it here, for it was a repeat viewing for you, I believe. Mm-hmm. But Dustin, you were here, and it was just you happened to be here for that. Yeah, one. just randomly. And poor Dustin, listen, listen, he is definitely. I, I he's a fan of all genres, but <laughs> we've if, done that multiple times to him. <laughs> we're if, like, hey, it's what like movie, a bait and switch. What movie are you gonna guys watch? No, it's just a little fun flick called Society. Come on in. Like, what the fuck? So <laughs> you got to understand, Dustin is definitely again. He's a fan of all genres, but action mm-hmm. is the, that's his juice, right? But I cannot tell you how many times he has endured <laughs> some really weird films with us. Oh, yeah. And now I'm not saying Maniac is a weird film, but the original 1980 Maniac. It's weird. It's not yeah. for everyone. No, it's, this, it's and like, it can it's, be off-putting. Oh, yeah. It's next level horror. It's not the one that you would start with. Ultimately. No, There's a reason not. it took you a while, genius, to mm-hmm. get to it. And that's why ultimately I'm glad you're here because... We and we very rarely do this, but we just watched the remake. But I want to talk a little bit more about the original mm-hmm. because since talking about it in Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, I've seen it quite a bit. I think, Me too. I've seen it since we since which I've is seen weird it like about three or four times now, which is crazy because right. you go back to us listening to it. We I even mentioned like this is a dirty movie. You I need have a shower afterwards. I have to. Pre- I had to prepare for it back in the day, but and I don't know if it's maybe I'm numb to it. Maybe we're too well seasoned. I mean, we're over seasoned. Maybe like <laughs> the it's meat's like, gone gamey. But like, may because may, I was like, ooh, well, you know what? I'll watch Maniac or like, oh, hey, Joe Bob Briggs is doing. I'm gonna watch the Joe Bob Briggs Maniac. I and think like, that really helped out a lot. I think any time that he puts a film out, when he can add again all that context yeah. and the good stuff to it, it definitely adds to it. Um, but I've gone from appreciating the film to enjoying the film but not enjoying it in some sick perverse way no no no, not like <laughs> maniac exactly you know I, i've really grown to appreciate the complexity of the character which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy especially when you look at everything involved because he's a killer and then but yet he's very very charming joe spinell is a very interesting dynamic personality he is so weirdly charismatic yeah and we've done a thing on Patreon. I, I did this thing called the I've Seen That Challenge. And I've been chronicling my journey uh, going through a number of films that I'm watching for the first time. And Joe Spinell has shown up now three times in my little journey. And let me tell you, every time he shows up, I am so much better for it. He show, He's the main bad guy in Star Crash. He's Count Zatan. Uh, he shows up, uh, Dustin, in a film. I don't know how long if it's been since you've seen it, but Nighthawks. Oh, it hasn't been that long. Okay, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Again, I didn't want to insult you there. Uh, but then he also showed up in my last film I saw for June Sploitation. He shows up in Night Shift. With uh, Henry Winkler? Yeah, yeah. Who, which happened to show up in Scream? Of course. Of yeah. co- always a weird connectivity there. But Greg D., you're forgetting Rocky. 
He's one of the <laughs> he's one of the best parts of Rocky. Joe Spinell is such a has a weird part of like Hollywood history. Yeah, his his dealings with Spielberg they were like buddies. There's that famous footage of him complaining when Spielberg didn't get uh, a best director nod. He was on when that that whole thing was on. He, Spinell was with Spielberg, and again, we're going. This is ridiculous. It's like Spinell had his back. Like, and, and it's crazy just how good to have the have a maniac have your back. And, the maniac loves you. And the best part <laughs> could have taken a dark turn there. <laughs> the gang go to Forty Second Street. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I love the fact that the character itself is complex, and and mm-hmm. Spinell gets to play a lot of different sides that he normally probably wouldn't get to play and in one character oh yeah yeah it's 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 insane it's almost a tour de force and i'm not joking no but the problem is everything that surrounds that performance is not problematic but it's tough to get through it's weird what was your reaction to it dustin do you remember kind of what you saw with that and the first time i saw maniac was with you guys and I remember thinking it, it took me out just a little bit because I remembered him from Rocky and it's like that character is so antithetical from what he was in and the Rocky, Rocky franchise. Yeah. I'm just like, holy <gasps> crap, this is dark. He, he, <laughs> took, he, he took the lost to Rock Apollo Creed hard. Yeah, exactly. Really hard. Yeah, I mean, I expected him to go try to find Yo Drago's mom. You know, it was like just that <laughs> dirty for me. I mean, it was. I, I enjoyed the movie, but I just for the first couple times I saw him, I'm like, ooh, okay. So the first couple times, have you seen it? I've seen it one other time. Wow, no, that's incredible. Yeah. That's because this is not an easy movie to get through. This is not something that I would throw out to just a casual horror fan. Right. And at this point, you are a, you are a seasoned horror fan, Dustin. You, yeah, by proxy. You, yeah, if you see society, you're seasoned, all right. <laughs> that's that's instantaneously. We we, we pulled a uh, Friday, uh, Jason Goes to Manhattan. We taught you how to swim by throwing you in the deep end of toxic waste. Like, <laughs> and he came out laughing. <laughs> came out the other side clean. <laughs> Do the Jason. Do the Jason. There we go. Bill Lustig has the thing for Maniacs, also directed Maniac Cop, Maniac Cop 2, uh, Vigilante, which is another great flick. All very dirty, very 42nd Street. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, the legacy of the film is the the dirt, the the grime. The grit and the grime. And And the infamy. That's the thing. Of the scalping and the and the head explosions and just the different types and the special effects of Tom Savini. The fact that it they showcase like it looked real. I mean, even today, even today in the trailer for Maniac, that looks like Tom Savini's head. Yeah, features one of the all time great head explosions. Absolutely, Scanners, uh, Maniac, Chopping Mall, Deadly, Deadly Friend. Friend. It, and what's strange is that Mount Rushmore doesn't exist because all the heads all the heads are, are just... exploding. <laughs> There's big gaping holes it's in rock. It's just husks. <laughs> Needless to say, that is. Just, I want to make God sure damn. that you are squiddly diddly in it over there, That's, my friend. That was yesterday. No, that didn't, was Saturday. Didn't, didn't have to turn the AC off very far there. Um, but that's. I want to make sure we get the point that I. This is a film that has really grown. I've grown to respect quite a bit. Me too. Due to not only the legacy, but the fact that it still resonates to this day. It's still a film that people are exploring. Mm-hmm. I believe Blue Underground put out a Blu-ray of it that is just loaded to the max. And I can, the more you can find out about Joe Spinell, the the real life that he, the character he was, just deepens the movie even more. And like I said, if you've been scared, because I was scared initially to get into this movie because of its reputation. And the cover art. 
I mean, just we, the, the... We warned you not to go out tonight. Right? Just the bleeding scalp and in one hand and the big old machete and uh, the Bowie knife in the other. And you're forgetting the other big old thing, and that is the bulge. This thing rivals Bowie's bulge uh-huh. in Labyrinth. Like, that is another weird Mount Rushmore. Box art dong. Just like... <laughs> but everything about it was infamous. And like I said, I, rem- I came to it late as well. But I mean, it lived up to the reputation. Yeah. And then some, because like I said, it's it's not necessarily a sacred cow, but it's such a good movie, and it's one of those ones where you don't forget. So, so. let me ask you this. Do you remember hearing the initial um, uh, rumblings about it being remade at all? Oh, absolutely. I absolutely. I remember hearing about it, I'm the, at the, but at the time, I could give two shits because I've never seen it, you know? And like, so... It wasn't until recently, like maybe when we were doing Mouth Mar- um, uh, that I started watching it to prepare for it. So I, I grew up in a time where the remake was already a thing and done. Now I remember people saying like, whoa, whoa. I didn't hear a lot of negativity towards like, they better not fuck it up because it's such a great classic movie, you know? It was like, okay, let's hope it lives up to the reputation that the other one has. And let's hope it lives up to what the other one had to say. So it wasn't necessarily like when they announced Child's Play, when they announced It, when they announced Texas Chainsaw. Well, I was going to say, go back to the ones that we've already covered at this point, when you did hear a little bit more rumblings about it. Yeah, this one was like... Well, this one, it's, yeah, this one was more like, okay, well, let's see what you got, you know? Because I think it was, I think it still is kind of one of those undersung horror classics. I mean, I would go to the bad, like, it's a god, I wouldn't say a masterpiece, but it's pretty goddamn close to a, just a life inside, a life of an actual maniac. It lives up to the title. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's his story. It's a Martin. It, it, I almost wanted to talk about how this particular film either or it's definitely totally either or definitely but maybe even more this remake now we talked about this uh, the original came out in 1980 we looked at we wanted to make sure that the remakes for the most part they need to at least have 15 years of breath to make sure that this warrant a remake mm-hmm. and oh my goodness we we definitely had some years to breathe this is probably the finest wine we've had at this point in terms of aging uh, this came out in 2012 mm-hmm. 32 years yeah, definitely plenty takes of care of that. Plenty of time. Now, then the ultimate thing we want to do is how is it different now specifically? And there's just a couple of things I think that is very distinct that makes this one different is that a majority of this film is shot in first person. More than a majority, 90, like ninety nine point nine percent. There's so, like two scenes that are not. And that is distinct. Distinctly different from the original, Absolutely. which is almost third person, if anything. But here's the thing. Okay, so I know that you don't, you especially don't like that kind of first person shaky cam shit, and I know that I don't. Yeah, I'm not a fan of shaky. I'm cam. not a fan either. But this one, it seemed it was different because it was it was definitely first person, but it was more slower. Where it wasn't like running around and like it wasn't that shaky, and it was more focused. And it made it infinitely creepier. Well, with a lot of the shaky cam stuff that I have issue with, usually it's a direction for either the DP or the director because they're trying to hide a deficiency somewhere. And it, like you know, and I'm not saying that the the born you know the born <laughs> yeah. trilogy or you know anthology is a is a bad like example, but there's quite a few instances where the shaky cam gets really really bad to try to cover up the fact that those fight sequences aren't the tightest right you know what i mean yeah but i think the reason why this one works is because it's it's more controlled 
Yeah. You know, and, and it it's really, a more deliberate. Right. It's 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 very much more deliberate than you know what what you would have in a Bourne movie or yeah. any of the other films that we've seen. It's like. In some of the found footage films, it's like a kid have this swinging on the bat of a piñata, and they're just like trying to hit it everywhere. But this one, it was like the the bat of a professional baseball player, where it's going right directly to it's, where the scenes need to be, and it added to the character because a lot of it is him staring, and that's what makes it, and that's mm-hmm. what why it's so focused on it. This is like hardcore Henry portrait of a serial killer. If you just take that POV and add the serial killer aspect of it. And I think this, from putting it in his point of view, it makes you feel dirtier because you're more complacent. You're yes. the one yes. doing the killing, even though ever you get glimpses of Elijah Wood being extra creepy, but it also plays into his madness more. Cause you see, cause Joe Spinell did a great job of conveying his madness around him but in this one you are literally seeing through the eyes and feeling what he's feeling and it adds that much more to it we were only a spectator with spinel but with this one like you said we are just within we're in we're we're guiding the entire thing and it's frightening because even like in the movie theater when she's like stop staring at me and everyone like and you're and like that whole part i actually spoilers really quick when She's afraid of him, mm-hmm. and she's looking, why are you doing this? And oh. it was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this. And then it was like, okay, maybe that's what he's trying to say, that there's some part of him saying, look, I know I shouldn't be right. doing this, but yet I can't help myself. No, it, it it adds a lot to the story, and definitely because of that delivery, I think it's, for our purposes, definitely worthy of the remake. Mm-hmm. And also there the grime and dirt of the original i think is kind of washed away with this one mm-hmm. but at the same time you still feel there's a viscosity to a viscous, viscosity viscosity there yeah. we go and thermal breakdown <laughs> i think because here's the thing when you're expect when you're spectating the original you see the grit and the grime mm-hmm. but when you are actually like looking in his eyes you Feel a bit more of the grit of the grind because you don't need to see it because you're actually fucking doing it. Well, yeah, and that was a point I wanted to make as well because the first movie is really dark. I mean, because like in the yeah. early er, in the early '80s, any of those like serial killer movies or any of the the cop movies where they were chasing somebody, everything was like shot at night. Everything, all the sets were dark. And in this one, I mean, you had like the 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 display that she did, the the art showing. Everything was white, bright, you know, well lit and everything. Yeah. Well, the first kill happens right. in broad daylight and like in a well lit hotel, well lit hallway. But it, but it's like you're saying that that POV lends itself to you actually being covered in the darkness yeah. as opposed to like just the saturation on the on the film. You're a non-willing complaint complacent. Very yeah. And exactly. It, and it's an uncomfortable place to be. And I think the movie did a really good job putting you in that situation where, like, it's not any because the victims are yelling at you to stop, stop, right. stop. And, like, they're constantly breaking the fourth wall to you, but it's not a funny games type thing. Oh, no, it's no. Not a, it, no. It's definitely not Deadpool. No, no, no. It's something yeah. totally different. It's, I think. Do you think it's deliberate? 
Absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. And I think it's because you can't, you cannot, as hard as Rob Zombie has tried, you cannot really duplicate 42nd Street. I know. You I know, know what I'm it, saying? You right. really can't. You can come super close to the Grindhouse experience, really fucking close. But for actual movies from that time period, you can't do it. So to do something different where, like I said earlier, instead of showing you the grit and the grime, you're feeling the grit and the grime. And I think that's why that added to this movie. And then ultimately the last one we're looking at, why update it? I think the answer is pretty obvious, especially with Elijah Wood. With Joe Spinell, he's a very obvious, uh, God love him, but he's a creepy looking guy. You throw a little sweat on him. It's it's, speaking, it's crazy. Speaking from now, big sweaty now. dudes myself, I can see where people would be like, you know what, you're kind of creepy, but, but you're but, cool. I mean, but, but he's he charming. He was charming. He's Carolyn shit. Monroe could not could not contain herself, but Elijah Wood traditionally, again, if we're talking traditional looks here, they update because he's kind of now how the the weirdo is projected in society. He's a little bit more. Not as Spinell looking, which mm-hmm. I hate to say it, and I don't want to say more normal well, looking. Well, because but... Spinell looking, like Spinell looking, is now horrible. A, I but... know it sounds horrible, but again, like I'm a big hairy, sweaty dude myself, so I can say this. But like, when you think of someone who like Joe Spinell, you think not necessarily maniac now, but creepy and greasy, or like an internet troll or a something. Veneer, yeah, yeah. So it's a different type of menace now. But somebody like Elijah Wood, where he looks, like, he looks like he could be a fucking serial killer, like him, Steve Buscemi, Willem Dafoe. They're all I 100% heard nothing but wonderful things about him. But if I saw him walking down the street, I'm like that dude can turn me into a lampshade. <laughs> Well, and then you just talk about the juxtaposition between their size. Oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, absolutely. Elijah Wood is probably what, maybe five seven, five eight. Yeah, and he's a, he's a diminutive guy. Sure. I'm the know? OG. Benny's the remake. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you've got this like gigantic lummox, right? You know, in, in the original that that you know could overpower you know absolutely. A, a victim. And then like Elijah Wood is like more. He has to figure out a way to disarm the victim before he actually you know finishes the finishes the, do- the he, job. He's that guy that everybody's like he was so quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because Joe Spinell was not quiet, even as the maniac. He, he was, was the loudest guy in the he room. Was, he wanted all eyes on him. Exactly. The, Elijah Wood is not. It's to, two totally different killers, but with the same mo and the same rationale, and it's great yeah well let's get into it then um i definitely want to talk about some of the the, the con- compare and contrast the, between the original and this one but let's get but before we get into that one yeah. uh, they talk you're talking about the other time the point yeah that's interesting what they did because this necessarily not necessarily needed to be remade because theoretically in the in the essence of the original maniac that's universal that's timeless that's like you walking home at night and some big lummox. I mean, I can't speak from the female perspective, but if I was a woman, this movie would terrify the shit out of me. Right. The OG and the new one, if their life wasn't yeah. scary enough. Yeah, so, the OG had a lot of controversy behind that. Right, because it 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 can seem missing. Mis- I can never pronounce this misconstrued. Word. No, mis- misogynistic. Okay, mis- misogynistic because it is about a killer who's going around killing right. women. But again, this is a character study of his madness. It's we do, we're not we're never rooting for no, maniac. No, not at all. New one or old one. But though, so a movie like the OG is kind of timeless in the fact like. People should still be afraid to go out walking on the street alone and not look. They should they should be, be looking aware. out of for creeps in sure. general. So to remake it, 
while not necessarily, it makes sense to because new terrors, new fears, new ways, because a lot of the problems that would have happened in the OG would have been solved with the cell phone. Sure. Well, Same that, thing here, but it, well, he made good points. to. And you think about the, the, the new remake. I mean, how do they meet? Online yeah, dating. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they, Online so they dating. updated yep. it with yep. a lot of the issues that, that yep. women have when they meet people over the internet because uh, she even says, well, I pictured you in a different way, mm-hmm. you know, so you talk about catfishing and, and everything that goes along with that. But I mean, it's very real for, for 2012 and now it's 2020. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's uber real now. And that's just it. I thinking back, that was eight years ago and I'm not going to say that was prescient because it was an obvious issue from the get go. It still is, but it's amplified even more now. Yeah. So the creeps, you can always, sadly, you can always update the creeps because of their, their Strategies might might change, but the result is always the same, sadly. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's why I think you could potentially update. Because yeah. whenever we get the next update to delivery, however we're interacting, there's going to be some creep out there that is going right. to exploit it. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, like when people can, instead of telephones, they use telepathy. We're going to have a maniac yeah. that's going to do that kind of shit, too. So, yeah. yeah. It should be noted that the viewing that we just went through was all three of us. It was our first time viewing. Mm -hmm. This is something that escaped us in the theater. Mm -hmm. It has escaped us up till now. And the question is, and I know I think it's actually pretty obviously for most of us, especially since a lot of us came to Maniac late. uh, But having that just experienced it, I'm going to start with you, Dustin. What'd you think of it? I enjoyed it. And I mean, with Elijah Wood, it's, it's absolutely nothing that you anticipate him doing. Well, Master, a, a, least, Master Frodo's gone wicked. Right, because when when a and I'll put it this way, when a non horror normie, just somebody that's cu- that's somebody coming into it and be like, oh, it's an Elijah Wood film. We okay. love Lord of the Rings. Right. Yeah, we, we love yeah. Lord of the we love Lord of the Rings. You know, and, and all of this, we you you hear his backstory about how you know genuine genuinely nice he is. Yeah, and then you see this film and you're like. Oh, that's not the Elijah Wood I think I bought the ticket to go see. He's dark in this one. They didn't have the Mandy experience, right. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, th- this film was really, I-, I guess, really well done in the terms of using POV. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like Genius had said previously, I mean, it-, it really brought you into the film and it made you feel like you should feel bad. Well, this is shot by Maxime Alexandra and shot the shit out of this movie. Yeah. Just from all the first person. There was a moment, actually... It went from first person to just being in the film. In like a one And yes, round, in that hallway. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, he's really right. close to her. And, and it then showed it, like his emotion where he's like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I have to do this. Mm-hmm. That was a really good scene. There was a lot of good stuff that was shown through the lens and just... The way that it was shot, it just made you uncomfortable. And like, I'm not a fan of first person stuff. I'm no. not a fan of found footage. That kind of stuff usually it doesn't sicken me, but it uh, does unsettle me. I actually had no problem following At any all. of that. At all, because it was just a smooth transition. I mean, like, instead of, because in walking, there's two ways the super realistic way of walking where you're kind of moving the camera. Mm-hmm. But this one, you still watch through his eyes, but it was smooth. But in every now and then he would look up and he would look, you would see what he was looking at. Oh, was, yeah. It's... Like when he was killing that one person, he kind of just looked up and he looked at the, the flying buttresses that were hanging up in, right. the, up in the, I got to say it and be correct. And they were looking <laughs> like looking up at it and looking at him and then coming down and killing the, uh, the woman again. It was... Stuff like that was just like 
little minute touches that made you really feel. So as a first time viewer for you, Genius. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I really enjoyed this movie. I kind of want to watch the original Maniac before I say that I liked which one I liked better. But as of right now, I'm leaning on this one. You know what? And that's the best part. We always say when a remake comes out, it does not, you know, get rid of the original. Sometimes it makes the original better. It doesn't matter. You want to go back and see the original. That's a great mm-hmm. thing for the remake. But then you also want to see it again. Mm-hmm. That's a power of a good film. Yeah. So I'm saying, wow, genius. You really, this one made an impact. I didn't thoroughly it? enjoyed this one. But I think, like, because there was so much things to say. I, I liked peeking into his mania, which is, which, because we only got, we didn't get really a lot of explanation of it in um, the OG. Little bits and pieces. We, you'd have to really put this together. You didn't oh. have to put this one together. No. But. It made more sense. You know, it made his mania a little bit more tangible. Well, between the mom issues and the mannequins, it's... Fuck all that mannequins. What's the deal with all these mannequins? Everybody's being creepy with mannequins. Well, mannequins played a small part in the original where they just housed the, the scalps. And you know what? We have gotten this far in talking about Maniac and Scalps, and we have not yet given a shout-out and congratulation to Joe Gavargazian. Finishing the movie, GGP. The stylist will soon hopefully be unleashed here soon. And you might even see my ass. Oh, oh my. You, do we want to get people in the theaters, my friend? Come on, Hopefully Come that's on an out. outtake. That's... <laughs> outhouse no, outtake. No such luck. No such luck. But, again, a film that has influenced... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre has had influence. This film has en- had influence... First timer for me, for me as well, and like I said, I've grown to really, really enjoy that original. To gone from appreciation to actually liking it to something, I don't have to prepare myself for it now. Mm-hmm. I can actually throw it on now. I also really enjoyed this remake. Yeah. Um, it was everything the original wasn't. the 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 new veneer on it worked. It was so gory. It was, oh, it was so gory and violent. The OG was gory and violent, but well, this was literally, literally in your face. We had effects work in the original from Savini, mm-hmm. and how do you how do you top that in 2012, 32 years later? You mm. bring his protege, Greg Damn Nicotero, right. <laughs> bringing the the cats from K and B. That's how you do the. That is how you do all of that kind of good stuff. You make you want good practical effects because fans of the original. They're going to ask, what's the gore like? Yeah, right. absolutely. It, it's for the gore hounds. And as much as we love the story behind it, the mom issues, the trauma, everything that goes on there, there are some people that know what, what the kills what's look like. What's the gore? I mean, are you going to have good head explosions? You know, that's the one thing that this movie didn't have. That there and the garrote and the gun. Uh, <clears throat> actually, I was shocked. There is a wide variety in the original, but there's some good, there's some mean kills in this one. It opens up with the mean kill. It opens up so creepily because you're just in his diddler van looking at the one girl come out and following her to her house and finally she's about to scream and then stick maniac. And I, that was like, oh, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. We're, so we're doing this now. Okay. okay. I even think I said, oh shit, this, okay, well, this is way different. Let's go for it. Well, it's a good way to hook <laughs> it's a good way to like hook them in i mean literally well it, it, the, the pedigree behind this this was co-written by alexandra aja who is no stranger to the podcast as and- soon as i saw his name i was like oh well i know where it's gonna be violent extremely violent and possibly a lot of fun this movie okay this movie was i had a good time with it i don't know if i can call it fun i kind of do i don't know if i could say this was a great light-hearted jump 
but a jaunt, but I had a really good time with it, and there was a couple of things that made me giggle. So, well, the best part of a movie like this is where you really want to recommend it to people, but you have that moment of hesitation where you don't right. want to be that guy, right? Where they go, yeah, that creep over there recommended this movie. <laughs> if you like that, check out Henry and then Serbian film. So, like, no, you don't want to like, yeah, it's well, a slippery slope. But I. I might like if you like horror, you might like Maniac. Oh, absolutely! And uh, Frank Calhoun is the one that directed this and didn't really. Yeah, he co-wrote, I believe, Piranha 3D. Mm-hmm. So he's got a connection with Alexander Aja. But the direction in this, I thought, went really well because again, the 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 use of all the first person that's going to be tough. Telling a story through that, that's going to be tough. You know, establishing a narrative through that, that's tough. But the consistency, I thought worked really well mm-hmm. i was never really taken out of it at all Mm-mm. and i like the way that the only way you saw elijah wood is through mirrors you oh, know yeah. oh and yeah just the when he looked at himself and then literally a glimpse into what he he's thinking in his madness well let's let's talk about the difference between joe spinell and elijah wood again night and day and <laughs> both creeps though <laughs> well i I didn't think he looked that creepy in this movie. In fact, because, listen, listen, we can argue whether or not he wears a mustache well. I think he does. He wears a goatee well. He didn't look very, he very the, creepy. He had the sparse he had, facial like, hair. The, the, the five o'clock shadow going on. He didn't wear any kind of, he didn't go out of his way to have, like, weird facial hair. And he like, looked come very to normal. Come and, to daddy, he could not rock that style. We'll talk about that. Um, but he looked like, beyond his piercing blue eyes, which is always something that has made him stood out, he looked quite normal. Mm-hmm. You throw him in a crowd and Joe Spinell in the crowd, one of those guys will stand out for one reason or another, potentially. And I like that. Like you mentioned, Dustin, the diminutive nature of him. He's even, I think they talk him, he's a timid man right. yeah. in mm-hmm. his profile. All of those things just add to, and then his his reaction to like the, the, the migraines when they kick and the mania, ultimately, do you ever sympathize with him? That's a question. I do. Spinell occasionally. No, I, I'm like, actually, uh? I do kind of, I do, I really do sympathize with him for the fact, well, one, not his actions, but I oh, do yeah, sympathize no, 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 with his mania yeah. because we see why he's gone crazy and oh. we understand oh. why. And it's just like, man, if you, if you could only get the help you need, a lot of innocent lives would be saved. But like, yeah, it's, and when we see what he went through with his mom. I mean, it's pretty brutal, mm-hmm. like almost more brutal than the violence itself. That is some stuff tough. Hey, Loli, how you doing? But there's some, so, yeah, there's a lot of violent stuff in this movie, too. But I think, like, as feel sorry for him, no. But a little bit of sympathy, yeah, with the migraines and the mania, you know, because you can't help but, like, man, because he's, he's still kind of human and he kind of craves to be human. He's like, I, I don't know. There's even parts where he's like, why can't I be regular? Why do I have to kill? Why can't I have just one Person. normal relationship? Maybe this whole thing is a whole thing on monogamy, potentially. <laughs> Not, I think it's going to go a little bit more. But <laughs> monogamy for the mom, maybe. But Monogamy like, for the maniac? <laughs> monogamy for the maniac. That sounds like the triple M's. Um, no, but... So sympathy, no. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. It's, again, because, again, with Joe Spinell, as weird as he is, you still feel a little bit for something. But one of the things that was a standout for me was the subway scene. There's a subway scene in the original. The one in here went next level because I got, number one, I felt some homages to a number of films and 
for me was kind of a standout scene. First and foremost, I got a large bit of American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. The way this, the way that scene was shot, the whole being chased, like when the it just and, looked like the werewolf in werewolf, down the guy. yeah, because yep. he's looking, he's trying to throw the bag, and he's running, and she's like, help, help, help. Eventually, switch over to a back alley that looks straight out of like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Do the Freddy. <laughs> it's good lord man uh but yeah no it, and then it turns into pet cemetery yes that is what got me and that a moment that was just so freaking good and made it its own yes we didn't get that in the original uh-uh, absolutely not. maybe that's its own head explosion potentially like mm. for those that missed the head explosion let's give you something a little bit different and let's get tendonitis that was a gnarly gnarly kill a lot of the kills were gnarly in yeah. this one yeah no, they were beyond the scalping i mean and they're and then scalping alive. Oh, yeah. Of, of course. Of course. Staying with that. Now, listen, I've been, and I will say this. We're all socially distanced right now recording here. Um, a lot of films that I've been watching here lately have been by myself. And I wanted to re- I wanted to make sure we all saw this and we watched it socially parted. Mm-hmm. But there's a moment in this movie that would have struck me wonderfully by myself. <laughs> but the fact that we were all here, even if we were apart, Oh, Lord, were we together. <laughs> a musical moment. And I don't know whether to thank or... But anytime, cue Lazarus, goodbye, <laughs> horse. Horse just came on. It was wonderful because, like... All three of us. <laughs> all three of us audibly react. Yep. All three of us, like, vi- like we got... We were, like, looking at each other, like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right Goodbye, now? Goodbye, horse. And it was, like, the first two notes. Boom! Boom! It's probably, like, everything, ah! it's probably everything you could do not to get up and start doing your thing. Because like, she sure was like, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. But with not so many words. And then it's also... Uh, listen, there's a lot of lexicon in the show. <laughs> We we have a lot of things that are just um, once you get to know the show, you understand the rhythm and the language that goes on. And one of the great things that has come about this is not a deal breaker, not a deal breaker. Genius, as we mentioned, the uh, don't dream it, be it. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that he's just a man of it. Yeah, I like to turn it up to Caligula. Well, it turns out there is a certain thing now. And thank you, Maniac 2012. Genius, can you describe what happened without creeping anyone out? Well, yeah. So basically, she's like, hey, she's. they go on a date. I think this is the second person, I believe. Ruby Red Rose or yeah, so his name's yeah. something like the that. The deal sealer, the second victim. Yeah. It's my notes. Oops. Yeah. And so then she's like, hey, let's have a glass of wine. And I'm like, and we were looking through the eyes and we we're supposed to be putting the maniac. And I was like, oh, of course, I'm going with the movie. I'm like, okay, cool. Right. And she's like, hey, uh, take off your coat. Yes, yeah, take off your coat. And I was, I was thinking like, oh, matter of fact, don't mind if I do. Coconut liqueur. Right. And so like, <laughs> and so, and so like, she's like, hey, I want to put on some tunes. And then sure enough. She puts on Q Lazarus, and then she takes off her top, and she starts dancing around like, "You want to come on?" And I'm like, "Would you?" And I'm like, "That is not a deal breaker. That is a deal sealer. That's what that is." If the minute if anybody starts taking off the top and stop dancing to Q Lazarus for me, I I am one hundred. I am yours. Signing on the X that is dotted, my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, all she needed was clown makeup, but it'd be curtains, dude. This was just. I think this was for me. This one was for me and for me only, because like it it knocked off multiple check marks off my. List and this film definitely has a little bit more of the gratuity in terms of the nudity than the original one, mm-hmm. um, which 
adds to the creep factor the for the most part. The deal sealer. Mentos. It, oh, Jesus Christ. Genius. It doesn't matter what comes. Scalps goes better with wine. <laughs> Some decent scalping. That sounds horrible. Some decent scalping in this film. <laughs> My God. But I think a good, good scalping going on. I think ultimately, but a good collaboration of digital and practical. Right. Very a well nice done. Melding, a Very nice well melding. Done. A nice melding. A nice melding. The music in this movie. I thoroughly fucking enjoyed this music. It produced, was produced some, by Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, electronic music. I whispered to you in a film that you really truly enjoy. He did this uh, the score for Hansel and Gretel. I thoroughly enjoy that movie. I think Osgood Perkins is what Ari Aster wants to be. Just saying. But no. Stay on that hill, my friend. I'm telling you. I I like his stuff. I like this music. It added. Because there wasn't a lot of music. It was still synth in the OG, mm-hmm. but it was still quiet. And it's still like you still hear that. And it still felt very 40 seconds to that kind. This one, it was almost like if Drive was the maniac. Yeah. 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 It, I it, can it, see it, that. Which which fits at the time, especially in 2012, mm-hmm. that whole synth wave was really starting to take off. But there's a there's a piece of music in this film that I even looked at you guys as like, does this feel a little Candyman esque? Yeah, it totally did. It, it, which the... no problem. Hey, if you're gonna borrow, borrow from the best. I'm sure Philip Glass won't mind. But it added to it. Mm-hmm. It definitely added to it because it was an intense scene too. I think it was like a parking lot scene as well, or somebody was being chased in the hallway. Or... It's being that we just finished watching this, haven't really had a lot of time to digest and look over it. I there's still a lot of set pieces in here that I thought were really good. Um, that what I thought was a casual, classy drowning, which turned into a hogtie scalping, was very disturbing. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to go that like actual rip. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, that lady needs to die. She's oh, going to die. Well, and then when they introduced the boyfriend and the Caroline Monroe character, he Anna, to die too. Anna, she is introduced again as the one that he falls along, you know, uh, uh, has a friendship with. And then when he, she introduces her to her boyfriend, he is just such a stock villain. Mm hmm. I was hoping for a little bit of like maybe nuance with him. Yeah. But he came in twirling his mustache, just please kill me. Please kill me. Like he was about to tie someone down to railroad tracks. But he oh didn't God. get killed. No, he did and not. He did thing. not. But that's another interesting dynamic. So we meet Anna's boyfriend, and yeah, Elijah Wood can go around, sneak around, and kill women behind their back. But when some dude comes up and steps to him in the bathroom, he can't do fucking shit. I mean, like. I don't know if that again goes to his mania or what, but at the same time, fuck that dude. If even if that dude like wiping his hands on me, fuck you. And I even if I was joking, it's well, fuck your bitch or something like that, just to talk, just to talk shit. Just like don't do that to me. Don't uh, disrespect. I'm, I'm a maniac. I was gonna say I'm glad you're not the maniac genius. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm telling you, I'm more Joe Spinell maniac than I. Than no, you're I, definitely more Roddy Piper maniac. The maniac loves you. <laughs> yeah, kids, you should. the end sequence i thought played really well that last sequence with anna from the what i thought was her final demise to the comeuppance at the end i thought played really well especially within the first person the way the way it worked but let's talk a little about the the ending uh both of them played similarly very similarly yes which i liked i thought there was a that kind of synchronicity was needed Mm -hmm. uh because again how much of is it in his head who was it ultimately that got him doesn't matter. You've got a dangerous individual out there. It, it just it worked nicely. It yeah. worked nicely for the update. Um, final thoughts here on the Maniac Remac before we close things up. Uh, I would just say if you're on the fence about going to watch it or you know renting it VOD whatever, definitely do it. 
because I mean it's 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 a good film. I mean it speaks to a lot of what's happening with, you know, just like climate right now. Oh yeah, you know well, the worries that women have with dating. And, oh, and and just you know the 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 mental health issues that that you know some people are plagued with. You know. So. The best horror can scare, but it can also entertain and educate, and that's what I think something like this. You can address some really deep stuff that, listen, mm-hmm. we're not nowhere near qualified to address, but we realize you can move yeah. forward with that. Yeah, you don't have to be a maniac. No. You don't have to be a creep. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, we, it was, I'm glad to have you back on here, Dustin. Thank yeah, you for I'm joining glad, us. We're glad you like, because honestly, every time we invite you over for a movie. A horror flick, Especially yeah. it's one that we haven't seen. Yeah, I know we haven't been able to vet it. We're always kind of rolling the dice, but like, we're glad you enjoyed it. We're glad you enjoyed it. Slowly but surely, he's going to become. No, no, it'll always be. It'll always yeah, be on the society. Will be in my normal rotation right next to Predator and Alien. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, the other day, the other day he came over yeah, and I was watching randomly. Society, and he goes, "What are you watching, Society?" Like, I'll stop it, and he goes, "No, nah, yeah. point." You don't. You don't want to. You know, have to stop a shunting that you're in yeah, the middle exactly. of. No, nobody and wants it, to stop it was about five minutes before the shunt. Oh wow! So, I mean, nice I timing. Very appropriate. Exactly. Like, <laughs> well, you're like that nosy neighbor. That's anyone got some what? sugar? <laughs> well, we're going to be closing out our month long of Deja Vu here next week with also some very special guests as we're mm-hmm. going to be looking at the Evil Dead remake. I'm excited for this one. Technically, much like, uh, what was it, Cabin in the Woods, I have not watched that remake since the first time I watched it. So this will be my second viewing and it's Same. been at least, a, it's been a long time. Same. I saw it in the theater and I'm ready to see it again. Well, we have our good friends Adam Roberts and Eric Havens from the Nightmare Hour podcast. And mm-hmm. we promise no C-bombs at this point from Eric. We love you, Eric. Maybe. No. We'll no, stop. we definitely love you. No. So until that time, this is Greg D. <laughs> I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. <laughs> the Maniac loves you.